I think for hybrid specifically, it is that theme of just fight for family. Family is hard for so many people and there's conflict and it is challenging, but I think just continuing to forgive, continuing to love, even when it's hard, um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing from hybrid. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a Writer's Day podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm an award-winning multi-published author who started this podcast because I love writing all parts of it, especially talking with authors about their amazing stories. And this is my fifth year, that's right, year number five of hosting this podcast, A Writer's Day. And I'm just so grateful to all of you who have been listening. Because of you, my audience grew by 72% in 2023, reaching as far as Frankfurt and Africa and Canada and the UK. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've been inspired from listening to all the amazing published authors out there. And I'm so honored to have had all of them come visit with me and the amazing publishers that they work with. So welcome. And if you like what you hear, please follow me and subscribe to my podcast. Shoot me a line on social media. Let me know what you think. And be sure to visit my website, artbyruth.com, to sign up for my newsletter. And you'll get a free PDF copy of my award-winning book, The Road to Home. So be sure and visit artbyruth.com today to sign up for my newsletter to know what future projects are coming, like my romance suspense novel that I'm working on, more coloring books, and a Christmas story that's coming out at the end of the year. And I'm hoping to have Dragon Sword ready for the summer release, which is book four in my Elves of Voldemort series. So be sure and sign up for my newsletter to see more of my dragon art, to know more about my book projects, and to receive a free PDF copy of The Road to Home. Candace Cade grew up in China and currently lives in Oklahoma City. Wow, how did that happen? When she's not missing Chinese food, she's busy writing and writing and writing. And I am so excited to have her back with her second book in the hybrid series called Hybrid. It sounds fascinating. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to Candace Kay talk about her new book. Please welcome back, Candace. Thank you. It's so fun to get to be back here. Yeah, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. I hope it's going off to a great start. Yeah, it's hard to believe. 2024 here already. Well, I know that 2023 was a big year for you. So why don't you catch us up on everything that happened last year? Oh, 2023 was a crazy year. Um, yeah, so in March, my debut novel, Enhanced, released. So that was a lot of fun. I got to travel around Texas, do a little Texas tour with some other authors. Um, and then in the summer, we had the cover reveal for book two, Hybrid. And I've been working on lots of edits for that with my publisher. And then in the fall, we actually moved away from Austin, which I've been there for on and 
off the last decade, we actually yeah. ended up moving up to Oklahoma City to be closer to family. Mm. Um, because as of this recording, I'm I'm pregnant and um we just want to be closer to family as we have um another kid. And mm. you know, writing on deadline with kids is hard and any help we can get, we will take. Sure, absolutely. It's so life-changing <laughs> for the whole family. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So we just finished unpacking the last of our boxes a couple of weeks ago. Wow. I don't know how you do it. I mean, I didn't start writing like seriously until my son was nine. I know you and so many other young authors who have little ones, little ones at home. And I honestly, I don't know how you do it, but my hat's off to you. Wow. <laughs> Getting it Thank done you. with little ones running around. That's, that's admirable. You know, but I think it's actually, it's bitter. So it's hard, right? Because you're on deadline, you're pregnant and exhausted, you have a toddler. So on the one hand, it's really hard. But on the other hand, I chose this and I'm so grateful for it because I think it would just be easy to kick back and relax a little bit, which some days I do need, you know, sure. but I think it would just be easy to say, you know, I'm busy. I, I have a kid, I have a toddler and I'm pregnant and I'm too tired to work on book stuff and for it just to kind of sit on the back burner. But with being on deadline, that's really not an option. So it forces me to, you know, keep going. And thankfully, you know, my publisher is really gracious too, like if I need extensions and stuff like that. So there is grace too. But I think for me, it's really nice being on deadline despite, you know, having kids because it really forces you to keep going. Mm, that's a good attitude to have. And I'm so glad that your publisher is helping. I mean, Steve Lobby and all those folks over there at his agency are amazing. And Enclave. I mean, come on. Enclave is wonderful. They're Christian based. So they understand that family, children come first, books yeah. come second. And so that's what's so important when you work with a Christian publisher, Christian agency. I mean, they get it. They really do. So I think that's wonderful that they're willing to work with you because babies, you know, wow, when that little baby comes. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been so gracious. Aww, I love working wonderful. with Enclave. Yeah, they are wonderful. Now, you mentioned touring with other authors. How did that go? I saw your posts on social media and such. How did you like arrange that? And how did it end up working out for you? Oh, it was so fun. I mean, I think a lot of us as authors, we have this dream of going on tour. And, you know, these days your publisher, most publishers aren't going to set that up for you. It's mm. really up to the authors to arrange that. Um, but I love marketing. I love events. Um, that was kind of my day job back before um, I was full-time mom and writer. And so for me, I just kind of set that up myself. Um, I just contacted different bookstores throughout Texas. And then in each place that we, in each major city that we went to, um, I had other authors who were based there who I would tag team an event with. And then I also had um, an author, Nova McBee, flying in from Washington. And then we did the whole tour together. So mm. all the cities we did together, but then we would have a local author in each city. Just because for me as a debut, you know, people don't know who I am. I can't draw a crowd yet. And so I didn't want to just have all these events where no one shows up. So <laughs> for me, my thought process was, okay, I'm going to write off the coattails of some of these authors who are more established than myself, such as Nova. And then, you know, local authors are always great because they already have connections and hopefully people in the cities that we're touring in um, so they can draw in their crowd. And so it worked really great. You know, we had three off, we usually just had like a panel of three authors in each city and it was so much fun. 
Mm, great idea. That's good for other authors out there like myself and those listening to uh, maybe give that a try. I was really impressed. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to try something like that this year. That's a great idea. It is a lot of work. It takes mm. a lot of time, but I think it's so good, especially, you know, if you're one of those authors who wants to go the speaker route, you know, you get more practice speaking, you can put that on your resume. And what I think is really great is as you're speaking to the crowd, what's different from like podcast interviews or blog tours or even social media is that you get real-time feedback on if your pitch or, you know, the different points that you're talking about are actually interesting to people. Because, <laughs> you know, you can see the crowd is like nodding off or they're laughing. And so you get this real-time feedback that you can then use for future um, promotional stuff. So I would say that was also really cool too, is just to get real-time feedback and also just see what sort of people are even interested in my book? You know, I did a the San Antonio Book Festival and the people who would come up to my booth were totally not the people I expected. You know, I thought I have a, a female main character. It's going to be all teenage girls or, you know, people like myself who are older but love YA. And there's actually a lot of boys who were in the 10 to 12 year old range wow. who would come up to my booth and drag their parents over and say, look at this cool motorcycle. Hey, you know, mom and dad, can we buy this book? The cover looks really cool. Oh, I, see, that's great. The yeah, cover. I never, yeah, yeah. And I never would have known, hey, the cover is working, but also your target audience um, can include this other demographic that you didn't yeah. even think about. Now you know, yes. And so at your next event, you can maybe uh, appeal to that demographic. Yeah. So I think it's really insightful, especially mm -hmm. for me with Enhance being my debut novel, but then also being book one in the hybrid series, kind of knowing for the rest of the series, already having that feedback on who this book is for, who enjoys it, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's great that it was a learning experience for you too. Always be willing to learn and yes. uh, from the from the successes and the failures and all the in-betweens. Good for you. Thank you. It was fun. Well, let's talk about hybrid. First, uh, remind us about Enhanced, and then we'll go into hybrid, which is book two in your hybrid series. Yeah. So Enhanced is kind of like Crazy Rich Asians meets Gattaca and Divergent. <laughs> Very hard to wrap your mind about if you can, if you can picture that. But um, it's set in the Asian Federation in the year 2123, where everyone has these amazing genetic enhancements, at least everyone who can afford them. And so society is really split sharply by those who have these genetic enhancements and then those who are too poor and are born naturally. And the story is about Lee Urban, who was born naturally, but then is adopted into the society of the enhanced elite and has to hide that fact or be very dangerous for her and her family. And of course, that gets harder when she enrolls in Peking University and is targeted by a mysterious hacker. And so there's futuristic motorcycle races, forbidden love, AI games, hackers. But ultimately, this is a story about discovering yourself in a world where your DNA determines everything. And so that's really the theme of book one is, you know, DNA and identity and, um, you know, kind of discovering yourself. And then book two takes that theme to the next level. And it's really more of an origin story. So with Urban being adopted, she starts to explore more of those origins and just wondering, you know, where did she come from? And, um, you know, there's just a lot of family dynamics that are really important in book two. Mm. What made you want to tackle those themes? 
yeah, of origins so, and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very personal theme, actually, because I have four brothers, four younger brothers, and two of them are adopted and were adopted actually later in life as teenagers. And so the theme of family and fighting for family and adoption is definitely one that I've seen firsthand of just, you know, even how hard adoption can be. I think prior to my family adopting, I'd always seen adoption as like, you know, something for little kids or babies who are adopted. And it's this beautiful process. And it is a beautiful process, but I'd never seen the messy side of it. And, you know, being adopted as teenagers, my brothers encountered a lot of hard things. You know, mm-hmm. one of them, the oldest one, Vlad, he was about to age out of the adoption system when he was adopted. So we got him. And then shortly after he turned 17. And so imagine if your whole life up until 17, you'd grown up in an orphanage in a different country. And then suddenly you're in America. You don't speak any English. You're mm-hmm. in a family. And not only are you trying to, um, you know, figure out American culture, but you're trying to figure out this family's culture. And on top of that, my family's not your average American family. We've lived in China for, you know, 20 years. And so we also have a lot of Chinese tendencies. And so it's just a strange melting pot of Ukrainian culture, which is where my brothers were adopted from. And then Asian culture, since my family spent so much time in China, and then American culture, and us trying to mash it all together. And so, yeah, at first it was really, really challenging for all of us, but now, you know, they are my brothers and they speak English fluently and they've just adopted, they've adapted so well to American culture and yeah, they're really part of our family now. That's amazing. That is an incredible story, a success story, a beautiful success story. Yeah. And so that inspired uh, the story in hybrid to be more about the family dynamics and adoption Yes. Yeah. And like one of the lines in hybrid is that sometimes family is war. And I think that that can be true of adoption. But I mean, I think that can be true of a lot of families. Like family is hard. You know, they know you better than anyone. Your siblings know how to press your buttons better than anyone else. And you can really get under each other's skin. And there can be a lot of um, pain and hardship in family. But I also just think there's something so special about family. And it's just worth fighting for those relationships. That's mm, so true. Now, with your family, were you the ol- the only child and then all of a sudden you had siblings? No. So I grew up in China with my two bio brothers. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And then it was when I was already graduated out of the house later that my parents adopted my two, um, my two other brothers. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Well, that is fascinating. And I can see why you wanted to have those themes into your stories. Hmm. So what is it you want readers to take away from your book, Hybrid, and probably the whole series? I think for Hybrid specifically, it is that theme of just fight for family. Mm -hmm. I know so many people who family is hard and there's conflict and it is challenging, but I think just continuing to forgive, continuing to love, even when it's hard, um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing from Hybrid. Mm, you're right. It's all about the connotative meaning. When when I see the word family, uh, positive, you know, emotions, positive connotation. But you're right. When some but when some people see the word family, it's negative connotations and a lot of pain involved. So that's great. I think that's important for readers to take away 
that family is worth fighting for. And it's so funny you bring that up because <laughs> I'm a curriculum developer for a local university and I just finished helping to write a course about family dynamics. And we have students look at, you know, the siblings and how that, uh, you know, affects, impacts the family life cycle and everything. That's why I was asking about your siblings. And oh, then yeah. <laughs> like an only child, or you have a, a husband and wife and all of a sudden they become parents and how that changes everything. And so you're right. I mean, family, wow. It has so many meanings now. So I think that's yeah. great that you're having all, your readers think about that. Yeah. And like you said, all those dynamics play into it too, like oldest sibling versus youngest versus mm -hmm. the middle child and then how that can change with adoption. Um, you know, thankfully the ordering for my my siblings didn't change with adoption. So, I mean, I guess technically my youngest bio brother is no longer the youngest, right? Like he's in the middle now, but apart from that, you know, our ordering stayed the same. And so, yeah, I mean, even the order of siblings and marriage and mm -hmm. all that, it can change dramatically. Well, that's neat that your experience in China and then all the latest developments with DNA and uh, AI all come into play in your series. So readers out there, if you are fascinated by fascinated by those topics, you are going to love this series. Yeah. And I will say it's light sci-fi. I've had so many people say, oh, I don't really read sci-fi, but I read your book and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a space opera. It's just set a hundred years in the future. And so you do see, yeah, AI and genetic enhancements using CRISPR technology, stuff that basically exists today, but extrapolating that hundred years down the road. So that's the other interesting thing is technically my book is sci-fi, but it really doesn't read like a sci-fi novel. <laughs> that's great. So what is next for Candace Cade? What can we expect in 2024? Oh, a lot. <laughs> so book two. So hybrid releases in March. Um, and then after that, I'll be turning in book three to Enclave. So um, currently working on that fast and furiously. And that's kind of my main priorities. Just get that get that done as soon as I can. <laughs> and after that, who knows, I'm, I'll be done with the series. So I, I don't know. There's all kinds of projects on the back burner and we'll just see which okay. one I end up picking up next. Okay. Are you going to have more uh, events like marketing events, publicity events? Or are you going to attend any conferences? Yeah, I'll probably do one local event and then I would like to attend some conferences, but it'll probably be pretty low key for book two, um, just because I being pregnant, I'll have a newborn next year. And so I'll already have a lot going on, I think. Um, but then with the release of book three, I would like to do another book tour and do a lot more events and conferences. So this year I will be doing some, but I'll be trying to keep it pretty low key. Okay. And what's the best way for readers to get a hold of you to let you know that they like your book? They can go to my website at CandiceCade.com and sign up for my newsletter. Um, a lot of times I'll do really fun giveaways with advanced reader copies, physical copies of upcoming books, um, sometimes with audiobooks, um, all kinds of fun giveaways that I like to do there. Or if they want to connect with me, they can also find me on Instagram at CandiceKate.com. Fantastic. Or sorry, Candace, Candace Kate author, not .com. Okay, com is the website, but Candace yes. Kate author is IG. Okay, gotcha. Correct. And is the book available for pre-order? It is, yeah. And it releases March 5th. All right. Fantastic. Okay, listeners, go out there and pre-order this amazing story. Book two in the hybrid series called 
hybrid by Candace Cade. Thank you, Candace, for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit with me and to catch me up on what's been happening in your neck of the woods. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, wasn't that fun listening to Candace Kay talk about her new book, Hybrid? And it sounds like such an intriguing series. So go out and make sure you pre-order it today because pre-orders really do help authors. And it, and it really sounds like an amazing story. I hope that you've been encouraged by listening to Candace talk about the theme of fighting for family. Families are worth fighting for, and that's a major theme in her story. I was encouraged by that. And it's so true. And I'm always inspired when I talk with authors about their stories and how they come up with their stories and the themes that they really want to share with the readers. It inspires me to keep going. And I hope that you've been inspired too, to keep going on your writing journey. Because remember, someone out there needs to read your story. And until next time, God bless.